Welcome, welcome to another edition of our Friday market update. We got some big news today because this is all recent news about SB9 and SB10. It's going to change how things are being zoned in the process altogether. It is a welcome change. So stay tuned. We're going to have a great show today. So let's talk about this. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go live covering some of the headline articles of the week. I go over some of the um, some of the traction that I've personally had, some success stories, some strategies that I've personally used. And at the same time, I go over the market data itself so that you yourself can see uh, what is actually happening with the marketplace and so that you are informed before the public is informed, public as in the media, as to what is actually happening. But the biggest news of the week, Governor Newsom, after the recall election did not uh, pass through, signs several Senate bills. And most of these bills is related to things about single family zoning. So for the most part, I've been kind of harping on this for weeks, if not months. It was a matter of time before things get, uh, the zoning gets changed to allow more dense units to be built. If you think about most of the Bay Area, especially a lot of places in the peninsula, most of the homes are a lot of single family and they are zoned where you can't build another unit outside of in-law units. So as they have brought up ADUs and in-law units, that has allowed more housing to be built. However, now this is some of the biggest changes that have been in place. SB9 now allows up to four units, basically a quadplex on many single family lots. Now, this will take time to get implemented. Every city, I'm sure, may have some pushback. However, this is a welcome change and ha has been a change that's been in the making for a long time. Because if you think about it, the issue of a lot of the Bay Area, like at least the core Bay Area, is the lack of space. Just because you uh, want to build doesn't mean there's a place to build, especially at the end of the day, a lot of that space is owned by individuals. It could be a company, it could be uh, a homeowner, like someone like yourself that's actively looking for a home, or something that might, might be looking for a home. And so what are the ways to do it? Now, I've had a lot of conversations with people in New York, because if you can think about it, many, many decades ago, New York, Manhattan, a lot of those areas had had a very similar situation and similar challenge, right? People had space and so they owned the land, but they didn't have the ability to actually do anything with it unless it made sense for those individuals to sell that land but the only way it would make sense is that the value of it is significantly worth a lot more and how does it significantly become worth a lot more is by making it more dense right so for example if a single family home in uh sunnyvale is two million dollars and um a condo in sunnyvale is a million dollars well if you can build a four unit uh a four unit property there, and maybe it, the value is $800,000 each, the value of that is potentially $3.2 million now. Now, sure, there are the costs of the construction. So that's the thing that I'm going to be bringing up. It's not going to be this easy to just all of a sudden see a bunch of uh, multifamily units in place. Uh, however, that's the average for single family for Sunnyville. What if it was like a little small house and it had a big lot? That makes things a whole lot more interesting, right? So you're going to see a lot of these value add 
chains start to uh, take place for those that are single family homes. But what does that mean? It also means the value of single family will probably keep doing extremely well because now those are the ones that has those potential upsides over time. So that's SB9, really interesting, really exciting to hear that. Now SB10 was also signed, which is a process that lets local government streamline new multifamily housing projects of up to 10 units built near transit or in urban areas. Now this has been a, um, you know, when I went over many of my videos, if you look at El Camino Real, because those are all near transit hubs, that entire corridor is already, for the most part, zoned to be uh, to allow a lot more density and a lot more uh, buildings there. Now it's zoned that way. Now the question is, will the city? How easy is it to work with the cities? At the end of the day, it's really the city that you're not dealing with the state for these projects. You're dealing with the local cities. So we'll see how the city reacts to these and how forthcoming they are to work with them. But from a state level, the cities are supposed to be able to uh, take the principles of this of the things from the state level and adapt it to the local city. So we'll see what happens. But it's very exciting news. These are very big announcements uh, as these have been now uh, passed by the Senate or by the state. Next. Bay Area home sales remain strong, even with COVID uncertainties. Yes, it's been happening, as you may see, from week to week. Just because some people uh, are unsure whether they want to be in the Bay Area or not, doesn't mean people don't want to still live here and be in the areas that are, pretty, that are closer to work. The opportunity right now is that, right? Most offices do not return back until January and February. So for those that have been asking for a break, this has been a great time for that break. However, I will show you prices have been increasing again now. And do not be surprised as we are going through the fall season for that. Now, I make offers about four or five offers a week. So I get a sense as to what is actually happening in the marketplace. And it is without a doubt increasing. So it's been fortunately pretty flat for the last three months. But uh, do not be surprised as these numbers pick up and you will see the data yourself. Uh, because that's the thing, right? You have two you have two different thought processes here. On one end, some people want to wait for the assurance that, oh, I'm now going back to the office. Oh, now traffic sucks. Oh, now I'm going to want to pay for a closer place. But the issue with that mindset is that everybody will have the same mindset then. Versus the other mindset, which is fortunate for a lot of my buyers that are more savvy, they say, you know what? I'm going to be back in the office. Now, sure, may delay another few more months. Who knows? Probably. But the reality is most offices will want people to people to go back in. Sorry, most companies will want people to go back into the office. And so people are already buying now in the prime locations. Hence why, you know, all these great areas like San Mateo County, Santa Clara County have uh, started to pick up again. And they have risen quite a bit through the beginning of the year. So don't be surprised about that. It is your choice. If you want the assurance, keep in mind, there's always a price to pay for certainty. A price to pay for certainty. That's what it is. Next, Bay Area multifamily construction hits five-year high. Well, this is pretty cool. This is good to see. You're going to see a lot of these uh, types of um, units. I mean, the multifamily housing um, is on several different fronts. If you look at actually a lot of the um, if you look at the builder incentives, uh, in general, 
condos have been a lot easier to build because then the, the ROI, just like how we saw in the beginning of uh, the video, the ROI of condos is going to be a lot better because you're going to be sharing a lot of costs, right? You can build a whole lot bigger. You can also sell the individual parts for more as a total sum. And the cost is going to be somewhat shared, right? It's one roof, one exterior wall, you know, set of walls. Um, and, and it's also a lot easier to build. And you can also build a lot more of them. So do not be surprised. You will see uh, a lot more um, condos being built throughout the years. However, single family construction will be difficult and limited. You're really only going to see single family homes typically being built a little bit further out of the core areas. So, you know, there's a few in uh, like Montecerino in Los Gatos area. There is a few in like San Ramon, some few in Dublin Pleasanton. You get hills of like Tracy, Mountain House areas. Um, so you're going to have to go further out typically for those builders to want to build those types of units in those in those communities. Like you look at like Tracy, you don't see as many condos being constructed because the demand for condos is more in these more transit oriented, uh, convenient types of locations. But when it comes to um, here in the core Bay area, you're not going to see a whole lot because back to what I said before, there is not much room. Number one, number two, it doesn't make as much sense from a return on investment, especially since those condos are still selling very well. Next, we always, we heard about this because they were one of the first to make moves. Twitter initially said they were basically, quote, unquote, giving up all their space. Everybody's going to work indefinitely. But for those that actually follow this, um, my market updates, you would have also known that most companies have been quietly expanding in different places all around the Bay Area that they didn't have before. So Twitter has actually already had um, uh, you know, a decent sized office in, South, in San Francisco. I think they may have shrank that a little bit. However, they have also already have an office in San Jose. I bet a majority of you do not did not know that. And they've also expanded their office footprint now in Oakland. And so uh, Oakland downtown will continue to have additional uh, people moving from uh, San Francisco to Oakland, especially because Oakland is significantly cheaper. And because if people are able to have more flexibility than before, uh, it could be a nice satellite office that most, most companies did not think of uh, previously. So it is good to see that this has been going on. I have another client that works at Uber. Did you know Uber has a pretty decent sized office in Sunnyvale, in downtown Sunnyvale, right next to Murphy? Most didn't know. They actually signed that lease. I don't know if I shared it previously, but they signed that lease probably this year. Uh, it's actually where the old, uh, I think, what was there? NetApp? I think it was no i think it was nokia i think it was one of the more legacy players um they were there and so they actually uber took over that spot walking distance for murphy avenue which is downtown sunnyvale so we will continue to see um this activity do not be surprised as a lot more of these kind of leases now it's not i don't think it's going to be huge leases but they will keep adding satellite offices for people to be able to go into and check into so we got a couple of exciting things. So there are two real estate startups that have raised tons of money. And make no mistake, this is not going to be the last of them. And uh, if you're an investor in them, on one end, it's exciting because there's a lot of innovation. For those that are users of them, it's exciting as well because you have the subsidies usually.
from a from these kind of rounds because they're usually losing a ton of money when it comes to these uh, these these growth exercises. But Picasso, um, I'll be doing a video about Picasso actually of the pros and cons of this co-sharing second home ownership. But for now, you'll see they have raised another hundred and twenty-five million dollars for a one point five billion dollar valuation. They just launched less than a year ago, right? Incredible. $1.5 billion valuation within a year of just, just being out there. And so, so what, what is high level that they do? And like I said, I'll go over in more detail the pros and cons of this. So what do they do? They basically allow, uh, you know, many people may have heard like timeshares, um, but they basically allow fractional ownership of second homes. And so they have specific markets, more on the luxury markets, to have a piece of the pie of a particular property. You actually become part owners of the property. Now, most of these are more luxury. So think about like Napa, uh, Lake Tahoe, places along the coast, like the beach in LA. Uh, so there's several different uh, areas there that they have uh, had their markets. Now, prices may range from I think $2 million plus. Um, but the benefit of this is that they're co you're, you're buying it with other people. So it can be divided in, in fourths or divided by eighths. And then because of that, then you have the ability to use that property for however much you own it. And they have like different portals to manage the booking of it. They have different portals. Uh, they also have the property management arm uh, as well so that they can maintain it, make sure it's, it's kept in, in an orderly uh, fashion. And they also are the ones that create the LLCs for, for you as a group to collectively own that property together. And so um, that was that's their business model. That's their game plan. And um, they're going to continue to expand. Uh, I'm partnered with them to be able to help them as well in terms of uh, individuals that want to uh, get into a second home but not pay the full amount but also have the shared cost. I will be releasing that pro and con video over the next few weeks about just co-sharing in general and how Picasso plays in. But very exciting, another $125 million round for $1.5 billion valuation. Next, another one reaches the unicorn status. This one's a Series D, $100 million round. Uh, Orchard um, has raised this round recently. I have not actually heard of this company because as you may see, they're only offering their services in a few areas. Colorado, Georgia, Washington, D.C., North Carolina, Texas. These are pretty common markets for a lot of uh, companies to start off at. The reason for that is because a lot of their properties are not on the low end, but not on the high end. They're kind of in the, the middle of the of the price ranges, but also of the, of the country. So they're a lot more standardized. They always see more opportunities, and you'll always see startups kind of kind of trial and go after really the same uh, same markets. So if you live in these markets, do not be surprised. There's a lot of noise, uh, a lot of commotion uh, in these markets in terms of how they're blasting. I mean, think about this. They're raising a $100 million round. What do you think most of it is? It's going to be a combination of hiring, but uh, it's going to be heavy, 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 heavy on the market. And that's how it always is. And um, so... Don't be surprised for that. I mean, look at this. They've raised a total of $255 million and they're only in you know a couple of states, but there could be a big opportunity. So what do they actually do? 
So what they do is actually um, they they actually buy the house. There's a lot. There's a lot of these. So they actually buy the house in advance, and then they usually create a deal structure with the potential buyer. So there's a lot of these uh, rent to own uh, type of models that are in place, and and they'll they'll create some structure to make it workable for those individuals. Now, make no mistake, as a buyer, you have the convenience and you have the ability, and quite frankly, you have the education, which is what most people lack in terms of home buying and home selling. And um, so you have the opportunity to do that, uh, but there will be a fee for that. Um, and so that's their value proposition, right? They're, they'll prep things. It looks like they have this concierge as well. So they may they may update things in advance for you, which is actually kind of cool. So there are there is value in that. But at the same time, make no mistake, they will be buying it at a specific price. So there's there's a few things I don't actually fully, I need to kind of look into a little bit closer. I don't look into it too much because I mean, for most of us in the Bay Area, it's irrelevant because they're not even here. There's potentially gonna expand here. And even if they expand the West Coast, I don't even know if they'll expand the Bay Area, uh, given there's such a very big difference of, of housing prices. So maybe they expand like Sacramento and these other markets first. Um, but either way, this idea of like the rent to own, that concept, you know, um, is not going to go away. There'll just be many more, many, many more options for home buyers. And that's why I actually started off with this channel. I, I, my goal is to educate people, right? I mean, this year I've helped. 46 families buy and sell a house. I'm the top, I don't know, 500 now agents maybe in the country in terms of production. And so I do all this to help you guys understand like what are the tricks? What are the tips? And so you all that are listening get a competitive advantage and uh, hopefully make a good uh, investment decision you know, with myself. So let's talk about um, the market data. Um, the market data, take a look at this, right? San Mateo County. 202 new listings, no shortage of homes, right? This is a good amount of homes. However, take a look at the prices from the previous one that we did last week and look at the inc big increase to make it average at this amount. It's picked up uh, quite a bit from what we saw, a big decline. And all of a sudden it's, it's kind of rebounded pretty significantly. I mean, my guess is it's probably gonna keep increasing now as we close out maybe till November. You can look at the condos and townhomes, Side the story there, uh, roughly the same. I mean, it's decreased a little bit from August, but nothing uh, too dramatic there. Let's take a look at Santa Clara County. Really high number of new listings, right? Very healthy amount. Um, similar, a little bit higher than the previous uh, weeks. You can see though, Santa Clara County, it's been more stable, right? Home prices have been relatively flat through the year. I do suspect that prices will increase as we uh, go through, given what I've seen in the marketplace with the offers that I'm making and what is needed to win. However, condos and townhomes, it's been a mild increase. Um, I suspect this will be kind of the same. It's always going to be case by case about the competition and the community because you just never know, you know how many people like one place, right? To give you an idea, I made a bid yesterday uh, for a place in Mountain View, a condo, two-bed, two-bath condo. Um, and they asked for a million dollars. We made an offer a little bit over that. And unfortunately we lost and we probably only lost by maybe 10, $15,000. But the other ones that have sold in that community, which I helped another client uh, evidently buy in about two months ago, that sold for about one zero one. So I'm seeing a little bit of an increase, 
But at the other hand, there's another property that's in that same community that's going to be potentially lower than that. So it's always case by case about that community itself, what has been trading, what has been going on in the area. Those are the factors, but it's been very, very predictable. Next, uh, Alameda County. Alameda County, good number of new listings, 528. The contingent pending side is a little bit low, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and prices, as you can see, have had a gradual slight decline, nothing too crazy. Uh, condos and townhomes, um, relatively flat as well. San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, similar trajectory of San Mateo County. Initially had a, had a decline up until about uh, last week. You can see it's picked up from then. I suspect, I don't think it would go much higher. Uh, I think it will probably be similar, though, for uh, the, the previous months. So it's going to be fairly predictable for those that are buying a single-family home there. Condos, it looks like it had a small decline so far. Last few months have had a decline. I think it goes with a combination of many offices are not uh, coming back. People might be concerned about the Delta variant there, especially so dense and a lot of places may have more restrictions. Um, but I would say it's going to be relatively flat, but we'll see what happens. Let's wrap up with the last two, Contra Costa County. Contra Costa County has picked up in September. It had basically been a, a recovery because you saw previously that August was kind of the low point due to the summertime. It's also a whole lot hotter in Contra Costa County, so that may have an impact, especially this summer was a lot warmer than most. So we'll see how this plays out, but it has picked up again. Condos and townhomes have now pushed the high of the year. Um, as you can see, big change. So I think a lot of these things you want to look at. I, I showed these two graphs uh, previous week and this upcoming week so that you can see for yourself, like, how has the change been? Keep in mind, if it has changed like this, that means the last week, those amounts were not just of this current level. It was actually significantly higher for it to average in the medium to be pushed to that level. So we've seen a, a big spurt. And also keep in mind, anything that you're seeing here was something that they accepted and offer during the summertime, right? Back in middle of August at the moment. So keep that in mind too, as we continue to make offers in the fall season. For the most part, it seems like prices will continue to increase. Uh, Marin County looks like the same thing right? Prices are kind of recovering back to where it was um, in the highest times. So very, it's going to be competitive again in Marin County. You're going to have to look at the data of July to figure out what is the pricing strategy there. Well, I hope you found this video helpful every week at Friday, 12 o'clock Pacific time. I go over the live market updates and this is a live Q&A. So if you have any questions, you can always tune in live. You can reach out. I'll respond to it uh, on the show. If there's no specific questions at this show, you can leave it in the comments below. I will either cover it via uh, via message or I'll cover it at the next show. I'm going to a conference next week to Fargo, North Dakota on a team building one. So there will be no live show next Friday and I'll be back the following week. Any questions, let me know anytime. Look forward to help. Enjoy the weekend. Bye now.